Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. And once again, I'm joined by star reporter, KUOW's own Casey Martin. Hi, Casey. Hey, Katie. Thank you for having me again. Fan favorite, Casey Martin. So, Casey, I wanted to have you back on again because there's a lot going on in Seattle right now, and you are the man on the streets. But I do feel like the national news reporting, some of it, has been very confusing about what's actually going on in Seattle right now. And so I figured we'd get a view from the person who knows, the person who's seen it all, you. So first off, for those people who are completely in the dark, what is happening in Seattle right now? How have we progressed since we last talked? Yeah, so just about one week ago, just like in cities all across the country, there are these huge protests between hundreds, sometimes thousands of people and lots of heavy militarized police, uh, National Guard, Washington State troopers. And for weeks, there was just the standoff between people and police. And then about one week ago, the police were called out of that area. They left. And uh, when the police left, the people stayed. They were the only ones remaining. So they decided to essentially occupy a six-block zone of Capitol Hill in in the Seattle. And uh, this is an area that's right next to this big park. So already just kind of lends itself to people are are able to camp out. And uh, today is day seven, and people have been camping there every single night since. This is Seattle, so they're not worried about rain, of course. Mm-hmm. There's this whole community that's that's set up. Again, these are people who were shoulder to shoulder during the pepper spray and during the tear gas. And in that place where there was all this violence, they've created community gar- gardens, a, a little co-op, which originally was just like this one little tent where they were giving out food. Now it's seven tents, a whole street corner with tons of freshly prepared food. So it's just completely changed and literally one week from being uh, a pretty dangerous area to a very peaceful kind of commune right in the middle of Capitol Hill. What happened to the police? Where did they go? The Seattle police were pulled out by Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin, and the agreement was if the protesters or activists could remain peaceful outside of this police precinct, if they don't break into the building, if they don't destroy any property, things like that, then she goes, we will pull back the police. Then there there won't be this ongoing standoff between protesters and police. The very first night, they were pulled just a few blocks away to the uh, Safeway parking lot, just a a little bit of ways in Capitol Hill. Uh, So they were still nearby. There were still Washington State troopers. There were still National Guard there. Now, there's none of that. A couple of times, police will come by if they get a call from inside this area from a resident, and they'll show up uh, not in riot gear. They won't bring batons or anything like that. Usually, it'll just be two officers. The police chief, Carmen Best, uh, she's still disagrees with that decision. She did not support pulling out the uh, police. She actually got her start. She grew up at that East Precinct, so that's where she got her start. So yeah, it was a more of a decision by the mayor that the police did not agree with. So for people who have never been to Seattle, Capitol Hill is, it's not right in the center of Seattle. It's not downtown, but mm-hmm. it is the neighborhood that's probably at least one of the very closest to downtown. It's mm-hmm. very easy to walk to downtown Seattle from Capitol Hill, but it tends to be younger people, people who are in the arts often live up there. Mm-hmm. It's also full of old mansions as well. So yeah. it's kind of 
complex, but how would you describe it for people who have never been there? It's definitely a hip neighborhood. It's the very heart and center of Seattle's LGBTQ community. There's pride flags everywhere, an amazing nightlife, tons of bars. It's a type of place that in your 20s, you want to grow up and you want to live in Capitol Hill, like with a few friends and make art and music. Like I said, huge LGBTQ community. The streets are uh, literally painted rainbow at, at this area. They've been painted for years. So yeah, it is. it's not downtown. It has its own nightlife before COVID was, of course, bustling, very, very vibrant, very busy. And it's also been the center of a lot of protests before. So during WTO protests 20 years ago, people marched from downtown up to Capitol Hill, Occupy Cal Anderson Park. So it's seen protests before, but it's definitely a residential, hip, very laid back place uh, with an amazing nightlife that now has this interesting little community right in the middle of it. We always joke that if you were to move from New York to Seattle, Capitol Hill would be the only acceptable neighborhood yeah. <laughs> to live in. <laughs> that would be your only choice. It is certainly the coolest. It's it's the coolest neighborhood for yeah. sure. Yeah. So the things that are misleading in the national news is that what's going on right now is violent or that there are a lot of armed civilians patrolling this free zone, which used to be called the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, but is now being called the Capitol Hill Occupy protest, is that right? Uh, The organized protest. Organized protest, yeah. But again, the the name is a little fluid. There's not clear leadership. You know, it's just people decided to call it this. But yeah, it was the autonomous zone. But then people felt that that sounded like they were trying to leave the United States or secede from the U.S. They said, no, 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 we're not autonomous. We still need people. We still need the U.S. So now it's the organized protest. Some people like the occupied protest, but as of this morning, organized. Okay. Fair. Yeah, yeah. What about the fact that these reports, that it's dangerous, that there's people with guns, that they're threatening shop owners? What's going on? Well, I haven't seen anybody. Uh, I've been there day in and day out. I've been there in the middle of the night. As far as like threatening shop owners, I've interviewed shop owners. Rancho Bravo Tacos is right in the center of all of this. Like they're enveloped by this uh, neighborhood. Their business is doing great. There's been no property damage. They get along great with the activists who are outside their door 24-7. They've opened up their eating area so that way that whole dining area could become a medic station. It's one of the largest medic stations in the CHOP. So uh, the business owners I talk to say, we've been closed because of COVID. We didn't close down because of these protests. They're not really crazy excited about a whole bunch of people, just like the residents I've talked to, about people staying all night, middle of the night. Uh, But they say, you know, we support Black Lives Matter. A lot of businesses have opened up their bathrooms and provide, you know, bottled water and stuff like that. There have been armed protesters. People do show up in the very middle of the night. They feel like they need to serve as security to protect the Black Lives Matter activists who were camping there overnight from counter protesters, somebody showing up, somebody did show up, you know, driving a truck. This was when police were still there, but drove a car into the crowd, pulled out a gun. And the people I've interviewed showing up with guns, uh, they say, you know, we are here to protect their First Amendment rights with our Second Amendment rights. And they're showing up with AR-15s. They're being interviewed and very happy to talk about why they're there. And again, to kind of protect this area that they don't stop you. There's not like a checkpoint, but in the middle of the night, they do kind of eye people as they walk through and they're very suspicious of somebody showing up who might want to instigate violence or something like that. But there hasn't been any sort of extortion or, you know, I've interviewed a lot of the businesses there and they were really surprised by those headlines and didn't know what was happening. And I interviewed the people with guns and uh, they laughed at the idea of charging people money. There's been mixed reviews to those guns. So a lot of protesters say, no, we don't like to see 
you know, heavily armed people out here on the streets. It just elevates the situation. We don't want to see firearms. And then I've talked to black protesters that say, I feel safer with these people out here protecting me than I ever did with the police. Um, I've interviewed residents who live in the apartments in the neighborhood. Not crazy about, again, late night partiers, people there all night. Uh, there's people who live right next to the precinct where people will come and throw bottles at the building. And uh, they also don't like seeing the guns. Uh, again, this is Capitol Hill. It, it, Seattle is uh, not a place where you typically see people walking around with AR-15s. It's a very progressive culture that uh, you know doesn't always, uh, you know, is, is supporting gun rights. So it's definitely been unusual for people who live in the area. Yeah, I have a friend who lives nearby who said, well, it's... It's a little bit of uh, this hand or that hand. She said, it's either these people just camping out constantly in my backyard, or it's a police helicopter hovering overhead all night and explosions happening until three in the morning. She's like, yeah. so do I prefer either one? I guess I prefer that the explosions and the helicopters are gone <laughs> because uh, she's like, I can sleep through the people a little bit easier. Yeah. It would be kind of an exhausting time to be just a resident up there. Oh, yeah. I interviewed this couple that they literally post with their neighbors. They take shifts right outside of the living room to just kind of keep an eye on things, make sure nobody's trying to break in. You know, they've boarded up their windows. They And they say, you know, we, we support the protest during the day. It's great. But we haven't slept in weeks. You know, like we were here during all the flashbang grenades, you know, here when tear gas was coming into our apartment. We're glad that left and in its stead has been a lot of late night partying. And, uh, you know, they have dogs, they have families, they have lives. And they've the word I keep hearing from a lot of people who live right in the area is annexation. They feel like they got annexed into the chop and they just kind of got to roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. And not to mention the fact of the, the danger of the virus with that many people yep. around your house all the time. So, yeah, absolutely. What about the people who are saying that this zone is distracting from what the Black Lives Matter protests were actually s supposed to be about. Some people have even said that this is almost like the white people taking back control of the story because there's a lot of white people hanging out in that yeah. zone. Um, and the zone's getting tons of national attention now, so. Yeah, we, you know, it's when it first started, so one week ago, right after the police left, there was this jubilation. People were thrilled that they had won this area, that the, 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 the police had left, and this was a clear victory. Very soon after, you talk to a lot of Black Lives Matter activists who are there, and they are very, as you said, upset to see that people are there just partying and hanging out in the park. There are people there who are going nowhere near the police precinct. They're just staying in Cal Anderson Park. There's plenty of white claws. Uh, there's no, no tear gas smoke, but there's plenty of other smoke in the park. Uh, people are there all night eating and drinking. And absolutely. Uh, I, I interviewed two people yesterday who were walking around with a sign saying, if you are here to party, go home. This is not a picnic. This is a protest. Absolutely. That has definitely been the clearest divide in this very large group of people is people who are there to party and hang out. And they'll tell you, they say, oh, no, no I'm, I'm still here protesting. But the protest is the occupation. Like me just being here without the police being here is the win. And then there's plenty of people absolutely who skew significantly that the crowd is more black compared to the people in the park that will say, no, 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 this is a distraction. We have to move forward into why, what happens next? Because a lot of people are like, no, 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 we can't just hang back and enjoy the park now. It, you know, we have to meet our demands, so, you know, funding the police, making changes downtown. Uh, so absolutely, people are very frustrated at seeing what's happening. We have heard from some people that we are related to who uh tiffany and i who don't live in the city of seattle and are watching this from afar it's almost like a sense of grief 
is how they're experiencing it. Their, their city is burning to the ground, that the protesters are destroying what they remember from their youth. Is there any grain of truth to that? Or is that just a misperception? I would say that this idea that there's some sort of um, armed anarchist uh, Antifa takeover of Capitol Hill is completely blown out of proportion. I, I've spent every single day in this CHOP neighborhood. I was there back when the police were there with the tear gas and the, and, and the flashbang grenades. We're talking about a couple of streets that are closed down to barriers to keep cars from driving through. But uh, again, this isn't a sanctioned off area. People can just freely come and go. It's very, very clean. There's porta potties uh, with hand washing stations. People are very, very vigilant about using hand sanitizer right now. Uh, there's volunteers who go around and clean up every tiny little bit of litter, cigarette butts and uh, bottle caps. Uh, again, this is Seattle. So there's clear uh, garbage, compost and recycling at every corner. So I would say that it's incredibly very, very peaceful. Um, if anything, it has kind of turned to less of a protest, uh, far away from what we saw, the violence with the police. And uh, it is a, a place where you'll see kids and families and artists that are creating these beautiful street murals. And for people who are concerned that things are changing and that the city is burning, we saw a lot of that violence a couple of weeks ago. We saw what happened in downtown Seattle. And even when storefronts were being you know, smashed and broken into, there were protesters who were yelling at those people saying, no, 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 that's not why we're here. People would chant peaceful, peaceful. So, yeah, people absolutely can be concerned that it might look a little bit different. But I would say walk through the chop. You can see how peaceful and quiet it is. And again, you'll see families, dogs, kids, and just a ton of art as people say, this is a moment to come together to talk about systemic racism, to talk about police brutality. And we might have to shut down a few streets, but it's not this armed, dangerous takeover. Well, one final question, Casey, because, you know, we like you as a reporter around here and Thanks. you and I are friends. <laughs> How are you doing? Like, what is this? People loved your sort of personal report from the last time you were on. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? What are you doing with yourself? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm one of the, the lucky ones. Uh, frankly, I'm a white dude who uh, feels very, very safe wherever I go. I've been reporting on this uh, since the very first late May when the first uh, protest broke out. And uh by and large, for my own safety, I feel significantly safer without the tear gas and without the flashbangs. I was very scared. I mean, I, I ran from the police like everybody else. Um, that Those were very, very scary nights. I remember kind of pumping myself up, getting ready to go out to Capitol Hill before the, the CHOP or the CHAZ existed. It was nerve-wracking, absolutely. But again, I'm very, very lucky. I'm not a black person. I, I'm very, very safe when I'm out there. Definitely now with the CHOP, it's never been safer. I can go and talk to somebody who is holding an AR-15 at one in the morning because I look how I do. By and large, no matter how scary the flashbangs were before, I'm very safe. And mostly I'm just, it's, it's been an honor to cover something I think is going to be pretty pivotal to Seattle's history. You know, just, I was there the night that I watched the Black Lives Matter being painted onto the street, this giant one block street mural. You can see it from the police helicopter. Just to watch hundreds of people painting and then cheering and watching this moment. And that's going to be there forever. And whatever happens with Capitol Hill, it's going to be changed. And uh, I'm just lucky that I'm getting to watch it. Yeah, when you signed up to be a reporter... You had no idea what was coming down the pipeline for you, Casey. Well, it's been so weird. I've been quarantining for weeks in my house, and then suddenly it's like, bam, in you know, crowds with thousands every single day. It's uh, It's been wild. 
Do you think you'll be able to go back to a quarantined lifestyle when, when and if this ever ends? I don't know. I, I'm dedicated to the story. I, I've gotten to know a lot of people, a lot of the medics, a lot of people who have been there a long time. So I, I plan to keep showing up every single day. I'm going to test myself regularly for coronavirus, try to get tested once a week. Uh, so I'm not endangering other people that I'm interviewing. But uh, I plan on seeing this out. I want to see where the protesters go next. I want to see what happens to that, that police precinct building. Because something's going to happen. The protesters aren't going to leave. So uh, I'll, I'll be there for it for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll check in with you again. Casey Martin, KUOW News. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Katie. I had a lot of fun. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review. And please tell all your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com. Or you can just find us at the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. Or on all the social medias, just search for The Bittersweet Life.